0: podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and with Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, Divorce Combat Coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith? Why because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 140th episode, you've lost that love and feeling 11 ways to maintain an emotional connection with your wife, part two, plus live phone calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So, get in that cue. Don't wait for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Quote of the day. So let's do this. Quote, and again, never call her simply by her name, but with terms of endearment with honor, with much love. Honor her and she will not need honor from others. She will not want the glory that comes from others. If she enjoys that which comes from thee, prefer her before all on every account, both for her beauty and her discernment and praise her. Thou wilt thus persuade her to give heed to none that are without, but to scorn all the world except for thyself. Teach her the fear of God, and all good things will flow from this as from a fountain, and the house will be full of 10,000 blessings. St. John Chrysostom. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confused. okay so let's get started with uh our content for today and again on that quote it is so beautiful it's one of the most beautiful quotes on marriage and wives that I have ever um that I have ever read um, it's one of my favorites by Saint John Chrysostom and one of the things that stands out to me is when he says um what is it prefer her before all on every account, both for her beauty and her discernment and praise her. That is like basically what I try my best to get across to husbands all the time, each and every day. Appreciation, showing her she's number one, putting her above everything in your life um, except God. Um, And she will know that you love her above all, which then will turn her To wanting to serve and love you even more. So, with that being said, let's get into a review of yesterday. And today we're talking about the Catholic Alphas Radical rant on the all important emotional connection for women. And why is that important for women? Because women are emotional. That's a perfection. It is needed in order, just like feminine, you know, being a, a woman, that's part of being a real woman. And that is solely so that she can, um, So that she can bond and nurture the children and to nurture you. And if you understand that, you understand why emotional connection for women is important. Why when you she gets mad at you or you're in marriage crisis and she wants to leave or whatever, and she starts to ask her, well, what's wrong? She goes, I don't know what's wrong. I just know that I'm not happy with this right here. And so this is why it's important for you to understand what is going on and that the emotional connection, the emotional closeness that your wife feels for you, it's everything. Um, It it comes to her wanting to do things with you, spend time with you, um, make love to you, um, just anything to hug you, to even hold your hand, to allow you to even hold and touch her. And if she doesn't feel that closeness with you, she doesn't want, any of that, and and it all starts with what being best friends, which is you know kind of what we're going to go over. It's one of the things today. Being best friends, it starts with friendship. If you are in the illusion that you don't have to be friends and best friends with your wife in order to create an awesome marriage, you are sorely mistaken. Um, and with that being said, we're going to move on and get to the content today. Um, we're going to take a break real quick, and then we are going to get going. To cover the last seven of how to maintain an emotional connection with your wife. But first, we're going to review the first five. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit marriage.com for an opportunity to work with me. Personally, for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit Save My Marriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit Save My Catholic Marriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, Save My Catholic Marriage.com. That's Hey, 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 we are back. I am back and we are together. So let's really get into this, okay? This is a fun thing if we really embrace it and we understand how important it is as, as a married couple. Um, A lot of people don't talk about this uh, because I don't know why, but if they don't look at it as important as it's important. You know, the main thing everybody tries to work on is communication. Yeah, communication, is very very important it's at the it's very high on the list but you've got to understand the things that cause bad communication too you know first of all the first thing is not even praying for your wife as a man not even sacrificing enough to even get on your knees and and pray a a rosary for your marriage or for your wife if you can't even engage the holy spirit how can you expect peace in your home the other thing is um you know that emotional connection. Uh, like I said, edu- uh, like I said, communication is important. But if you if you're not even friends and and you don't have an, uh, that emotional con- closeness with each other, how can you even care about even wanting to communicate properly? I mean, I guess you can communicate that just out of out of uh, civility, um, and but that is that's a good thing. But you know, we're married. Marriage is love, is friendship set on fire. That's what it's called. Marriage is friendship set on fire. Um, and that's a great quote. And if you start to start to look at it like that, marriage is not meant to be bored for for, for, uh, for 60, 70, 80 years. You know, it's not meant to be that. Once the sex is gone, you know, oh, well, guess us, maybe we just hang out, you know, um, I refuse. I refuse to live a marriage like that. I refuse to have a marriage like that. Um, I look at it like this. It's my job to ignite the passion fire in my wife. I'm the I'm the pursuer. I'm not the pursuee. It's another thing that men don't get. You've got to pursue your wife for the rest of your life. Get over it. That's your, just like praying. Stop bitching and whining about praying every day. If you don't pray for your marriage and for your wife, who's going to do it? Who? Nobody. We got to stop thinking that we just do whatever we want to do and go along and all that stuff and things just going to work out on their own. Nothing works out on its own without action. So one of the things I told myself is one of, that's one of the holy, holy lover gifts is to win my wife's heart every day. And that means what? I am the pursuer. I pursue her. I get the fire of passion built up in her. And she wants to be intimate with me. She wants to do things with me. She tells me she loves me. She wants to, you know, have great conversations. And she wants to, you know, go on trips and just build memories with me. And that's what marriage is, building memories, you know. And, And if we forget that, we do, we really do. You cannot continually just keep doing the same old bored dead stuff every day and expect your marriage to be on fire. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to rock this today. I'm really excited about this. Uh, like I said, how to maintain emotional connection with your wife. This is what this is about. Yesterday we covered the first five because I started talking too much like I always do. (laughs) Man, y'all got to realize, man, when I do a script, I'm thinking, oh, it's not gonna take that long, cause you know, I'm not on the air, I'm not really taping nothing, I'm just sitting there writing my ideas in my head. And sometimes I do research if I need it. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not gonna take that long. But then, man, I get on here and I start talking, man, and I start thinking of all these things and all this extra stuff, stuff I think y'all need to know, <laughs> and then it just goes on like yesterday. At an hour, we only got through out of 12 things. We got through five. So we're going to do get the rest today. So that being said, right now, what we're going to do is, is review the first five from yesterday really quick. And then we're going to bust a move on the other seven. Ah, bust a move. Jerry, come on. That was 1990. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Uh, understanding the all-important emotional connection with your wife. There are 12 things. And, of course, these are not the know-all, be-all. These are just the general things that are very, very important. Of course, you might be able to think of some other things. And if you do, put in the comments. Um, Also, if you um, are having a problem in your marriage right now with emotional closeness with your wife and you guys can't seem to come together, there's no fire. There's no desire. There's no passion. You guys can't even talk uh, without without feeling anxiety. Then call 313 Radical. Um, And then you and I can have a personal conversation about getting on and, uh, and get on how you can start solving this in your marriage. Because, man, when you're ignoring each other, man, that is that is horrible. That is a horrible thing for marriage. OK, so number one on how to build that emotional closeness is prayer. So prayer is really simple, man. It's not simple. It's simple, but it's hard. Right. Finding the right prayers. Understanding that this is about spiritual warfare, not just devotional prayers. And it's definitely, of course, not about vocal prayer. Vocal prayer is the most uh, basic of prayers. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, give me this. Jesus, Jesus, please help me. You know, that that's like that. Okay, that's a very low form of prayer. The next form of prayer is meditation, which is what everybody should be doing. Why? Because that grows you closer to God. You meditate on scripture, you meditate on the, uh, the the life of Christ, you meditate on the, the relationship between Christ and his mother, you you, you meditate on hell, on heaven, purgatory, um, you meditate on everything that has to do with God and God himself. You can even meditate on the Our Father, okay, the, that is what we should be doing every single day is meditatively praying that is how you 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 grow as a as a as a spiritual man as a holy man that is how you grow closer to god it kills me how people all the time men tell me all the time oh i'm praying every day what you praying oh i'm just i'm i'm i'm, I'm on my knees i'm asking god to just help me and help me god help me help me god help me help me god that is that is such when i say a low form and i when i say vocal prayer is okay but vocal prayer is not, not, it's not the most effective. So when you're dealing in marriage crisis, you need to know what's effective, the most effective, just like the Catholic faith. People say, I could be a Baptist. I could be a Jehovah's Witness. I could be a Methodist. I don't need the Catholic Church. Yeah, that's true. But guess what? You're only getting part of the faith if you're a Protestant. I hate, I'm not, I'm just letting you know, you're only getting par, a partial of the faith. For 500 years, the faith has already been watered down. So if you're a Baptist or a Methodist or a Mormon or whatever other Christian faith, well, Mormon is not really a Christian faith, but you know, you get the idea. If you're a Mormon, sure, that is a great place to start to be a Southern Baptist. It really is. But that is not going to give you the fullness of the Christian faith that for 1,500 years, everybody was a Catholic, everybody. Why? And they knew things. That stuff that you hear me talking about, they knew that stuff. And so this is why it's important that you understand that in order to grow as a spiritual man, as a man of Christ, a man growing closer to God, you must start and get into the fullness, full truth of the Christian faith. And that only comes from the Catholic Church which will help you build like meditation. Most of y'all even probably know about meditation, about about real meditation, not new age, demonic meditation. Uh, we're going to clear our mind and we're going to let you never, okay, I know I'm, I'm somebody's going to do this real quick, but I man, this is an important thing. You never, when you meditate, you never clear your mind. You never clear your mind. You know why? Because what's going to happen is you're going to allow the demonic in there. You never clear your mind when you meditate. That's why it's called meditation. You must meditate on, 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 that's why I have you meditate on scripture, on, on the rosary. That's what the rosary is. The rosary is a meditative prayer, devotional, spiritual warfare prayer. Okay. So that allows you to pray and then focus on a single, simple prayer while you meditate on the life of Christ. Okay. Okay. It's so, so important. That's what meditation is. And that's how you grow closer to God. Um, And that's what I, you can, you can, and this is what I try to teach you and teach men in my program. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't try to convert anybody to Catholicism. I really don't. What I do, what I will tell you this I give you the fullness of the faith, everything that's involved that I can give you. And then you and the Holy Spirit deal with that part. Okay. It's not my soul. It's your soul. All I can do is give you what I can and help you along. Um, But if you want the fullness of the Christian faith, what God is trying to present to you for the last 2000 years, it's in the Catholic Church. I'm sorry. It is. Um, And even people in the Catholic Church don't know that, which is just crazy with me to me. Crazy to me. OK, so next is great communication. We talked about that. You got to have great communication, no arguing, bickering, debating, tonal voice, your body language, no harsh words or name calling. She is your beloved. Do all, do all that you can to remember that. If you can't communicate, you can't move forward and you can't even you can't do anything that's going to that's going to that's going to move your marriage forward. OK, number three on how to build a great connection with your wife is listening without interruption listening without interruption that's very hard for a very uh outgoing personality to do or a very strong personality to do i'm a very strong personality i had to learn that my, my wife is a not a very strong personality now she can get mad but i just think it's so cute when she gets mad she, you know i just laugh at her i think it's so cute but that's me uh but i'm a very strong personality so i had to learn that I can't be overriding my wife with my personality. Because then she won't come out of her personality. She won't come out. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you have to learn to listen without interruption, which is what I had to learn how to do, which shows you value her opinion. She always listens. Um, you always listen even when you don't feel like listening. This shows her that you are valuable to, that she is valuable to you. Okay, the next one, number four is humility. Humility defeats evil. Okay, if you are, if you don't have humility as a man, which is what BS Christ, you don't lose control, you never, you know, you don't get angry. If you do get angry, you calm down, you know, you never allow pride and ego in the center of your marriage, forgive and ask for forgiveness all the time, admit to wrongs and apologize if appropriate, never stay mad for long and never hold your wife's wrongdoings against her. Um, such as arguments, um, forgive and move forward. Okay, that's very, very important. Number five, which is the last one we covered yesterday, which I'm gonna go a little bit in more on today, the best friend. I call it the best uh, you and your wife being best friends in the in my um in the marriage and chain program, marriage pro I call the cat, I call it the best friend concept. Um, it's vital. Best friends, being best friends with your wife is vital for a long-lasting marriage. It's great for closeness and intimacy in your marriage. It shows your wife she's the most important person in your life. If you are not best friends with your wife, I understand we all have buddies, right? We got buddies and other friends that we do stuff with on occasion. But I'm telling you, dudes, you cannot be running and rolling out with your buddies all the time and not doing anything with your wife. Well, she don't understand me. She don't understand, you know, she don't like the stuff I like. That is ludicrous. That is ludicrous. Of course, your wife doesn't like what you like. That's why you're married, because she's different and you're different. How you handle it is the most important thing. Okay? Let's say you like golf and your wife hates golf. But you know what? Your wife can go, you can ask your wife to go out there with you, because on the golf course is beautiful. It's nice. Heck, you can ask her to drive the cart for you. While you guys going and talking, and she can have her wine. You can have beer while you guys are doing. You can play the hole. She can watch you. She can enjoy being with you. And if you got a couple buddies out there or whatever, you know, some women will play with you. She might play with you, but she might not do it because you, you didn't dog her out so bad. Uh, Oh, uh, you, know, you, you know, honey, you got to do it like this. You're impatient with her. So what does she do? She withdraws and she doesn't want to do it anymore. So Believe it or not, women and men are the same way. Like, if I don't know if my wife likes gardening, which she does, and I I don't really like it at all. But you know what? I don't have to like gardening. But you know what I did last night? She's gardening. I sat out there with her, watched her do her deal. We talked and had a conversation. That's how you do it, man. That's how you become best friends. You become at least interested in what your wife is doing. You show you're interested in what she's doing, she'll show what she'll become interested in what you're doing. It's called marriage. It's called best friends. It's called trying to uh, to you I love you so I want to be I want to know all about you. I'm curious about you. Okay? Being best friends is so so important and it also carries into your intimacy outside the bedroom too because If I know of a person, if I know of a thing, I become intimate with that thing. Just like with God, the more, that's why I was telling you about meditative prayer. Meditative prayer will help you to grow closer to God. It'll help you understand. Meditative prayer, God will start to reveal himself to you more. If you're doing all the talking all the time, that's what vocal prayer is. You're sitting there doing all the talking all the time. You're doing all the talking and you ain't never listening, right? Think about it. Jesus, give me this. Jesus, I need this. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, Jesus, please help me. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, I pray. I pray for my wife. Jesus, I pray for my mother. Jesus, I pray for, you know, you never you don't never shut up. (laughs) We don't never shut up. So how can we hear the Holy Spirit? if We're always talking. So this is why meditation is beautiful. It's the bomb in your head. You're sitting there and you're saying. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And you say that, and while you're saying that, you're meditating on a mystery of the rosary, which would be, let's say, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And so while you're saying Hail Mary, your, your mind is meditating on, you know, Jesus on the cross, how the guard, you know, how Jesus said, you know, Jesus said, you know, it is finished. How the guard took the spear and stuck Jesus in the side of his ribs, and water and blood came out. Right? How once he actually died, uh, Saint John and uh, pulled him off of the cross and laid him on the lap of the Blessed Mother, and how the Blessed Mother wept, and how she died. I mean, how she uh, how she cried, and how she was so sorrowful. And see, you might not think that that's powerful, but it is powerful. You know why? Because you're going way further than just talking and asking for things and, and trying to get out of trouble. This is why it's important that we meditate on, on our Lord and on Scripture and all these things so that we don't take God for granted. You know, there are actually Protestant churches where they, it's it's a big deal that their preacher has a Cadillac. Or has a Lincoln, or has a BMW, or a Lexus, and he's riding around, and that's important to them. How was that learned about Christ? How was that? I don't, I don't understand that. I really don't. So, and then people come and tell me, "Well, the Blessed Mother, you know, Catholics worship the Blessed Mother." No, we don't. We don't. She's, but first of all, she's just, she's his, his mother. In your mother, should your mother would you ask your mother to pray for you? Of course you would. So you ask the blessed mother to pray for you because who's closer to Jesus Christ than his mother? Please tell me that nobody. So that's why you ask the blessed mother. You pray the rosary, so you focus and you meditate on the life of Christ and his mother, the crucifixion, the 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 cow, Cal- the walk on Calvary, the march on Cal, all that stuff, Calvary, all that stuff. You know. And as you do that, you become one with Christ. You start to understand what he went through. You start to understand what God was trying to tell us. I'm, I can't tell you all the time how I'm praying and meditating on the rosary and all this other stuff that I would have never thought about. God comes into my head because I'm not talking. Right. I'm listening as I'm meditating. I'm listening. I'm praying a prayer, a simple prayer that helps me get into meditative mode. And then I'm 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 meditating on the life of our Lord, the life of the Blessed Mother. Okay. It's the same when you when you meditate on hell, you meditate on heaven, you meditate on purgatory, you meditate on the Our Father. Okay. Same thing. And so this is why I'm the reason I'm going through this is because this is how you you love God more this is how you love your wife more you must be curious about her you must know that she if you don't know her how can you love her just like God if you're talking about if you're talking all the time and you don't listen to him then how do you get to know him how do you get to really love him you only we only love him for what he can give us then if you're meditating and trying to learn about God every day you're not asking God for anything you're asking God you are, in a sense, asking him to God bring me closer to you. Help me help me to know you better. Because the more you know you know God, the more you realize that this world is a test, and this world means nothing. And only thing we should be needing is God Himself. Okay. And so when you become best friends with your wife, you basically are meditating on your wife, right? You are basically learning her and asking her questions. This is why. The way another way you grow close to is called the Socratic The is way you grow close, and also the way that you you learn about you evangelize and you learn about other people is you do what's called the Socratic method, Socrates the Socrates method. Method basically, Socrates invented it uh, to where you don't try to convince somebody of something. You convince somebody of something by asking them questions. And you ask them questions to lead them to their own conclusion instead of you trying to convince them. It's called the Socrative socratic method method. Okay. I'm probably not saying it right because I have a sometimes I have a lisp when I get excited, <laughs> which y'all probably y'all probably noticed that. <laughs> when I get excited, I, I really get crazy. Uh but anyway, I trust why I try to slow down sometimes. But Basically what you do, just like if, you know, if your wife is always, always mad, don't want to do anything, or she's upset with you, you know, you ask her questions to lead her to understanding, like, like you, in your head, you're going like, why is she mad at me? So you ask her, like, why are you mad at me? How is that helpful that you're mad at me? What did I do to make you mad at me? You know, and you keep asking questions and to get her to, um, to start to realize that maybe she is the one that's causing these problems and not just you, right? Right. And so when you're evangelizing somebody, a non-believer, it's the same way. You ask them, like, if you're evangelizing, evangelizing an atheist, you would say the same thing. You would like, so, you know, what is our purpose as a man on earth? What are we here for? And you let them answer, keep answering questions. And eventually what will happen is they'll dig themselves a hole. They'll dig themselves a hole. And this is why to evangelize, you don't have to know the faith in and out. Because the the Catholic faith, the Christian faith is very complicated, you know. Um, And so that's a good way. So with your wife, the reason I'm saying this, to be best friend with your wife, the way you get to know her, stop talking so much. Ask questions. Be curious about her. And you you will notice that you will start to enjoy being around her. You'll start to enjoy being near her and, and her being near you and learning about her. Okay. Number six. Um show her never ending appreciation. This is probably this where well, all of them are important, but this is one of the ones that really gets that really gets your wife um getting her heart tingling for you um so what does that mean? so your wife women feed off appreciation men do too, but not new like women women want to be appreciated why because they're nurturers so if I'm the nurturer of the family, I'm the, you know, the white, your wife is the heart of the home. You know, she's her job in the home, which a lot of women neglect today, which is so sorrowful. But women's, her a woman, a wife's job in the home is to be the heart of that home. Everybody comes to them with with, you know, with their, with their, with their wants, their desires, their problems. They, they, they come to the mother. To, to bounce things off of before they go to dad. That's kind of how my house rose. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean for it to happen like that, but that's it as is. All the kids go to their mother to test how things are going to be, and then they come to me. <laughs> Once they get a feeling of how I'm going to react, and they get that feeling from their mother. Um, and that's just how it is. Your wife, this is why you hear me say that when you love your wife more than anything in the world, she is number one and prioritized and you give her all that you can and you give her all of your love, then what she will do is take your love and spread it to your family, to your children, to your friends, to all the guests that come to your house, to your church members. Your wife will spread your love out from you and your love in your marriage. People don't, men don't realize that. This is why you don't, this is why you never neglect your wife. Your wife gives your love to your children, right? Because why? Well, because if let's say you're in a traditional home, um, or even if you're, she still comes home and nurtures the kids, right? Or if a woman's a stay-at-home mother, she's with the children all day. And so what does she do? She knows them, she connects with them, she bonds with them. And if you as a man neglect your wife, then she doesn't know your love. She doesn't know who you are. And you you become separated from each other. And so what will happen is if you, um, the more love you give her, the more care, the more attention, the more appreciation you show her, then she'll take that as he loves me. He cares about me. He 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 makes me feel like I'm wanted, like I'm needed, like he he really is I'm part of his life. Okay. Um never forget this all important fact. Show her daily you appreciate the many things she does. This will serve you well. It shows her you truly care about her and want to be near her. Number seven, allow your wife to nurture you. One of the ways, one of the ways to um to maintain an emotional connection with your wife. You must allow her to be a woman. You must allow her to be who she is. I talked to a man yesterday and he's new in the program and he he wants to control his wife. He wants to control everything she does, who she talks to. He doesn't really think he's controlling, but after we talked, he kind of saw it. Um, women are grown people they're grown <laughs> they you know as we say she's a grown ass woman right you can't be trying to control who she is what she does who she talks to but see that is what we call in in the relationship business we call that needy right needy that means needy that means you know your confidence is so low as a man that you can't even allow your wife to stand there in your face and have a, simple, a simply innocent conversation with another man or another woman without you feeling threatened. That's being very needy. And those kind of relationships don't last long unless you're with another needy person, right? Because most people, they have confidence about themselves and they're not going to sit there and, and allow you to keep control of them for years and years and years. That's just how it works. So this is why, why women... You, you, as a woman, your wife is a nurturer. And if you, as a man, as a husband, know that, then you will uh, step back and allow her to do her job. Okay. Allow her to guide you, allow her to, to be your confidant in all things. Never keep anything from her to try and protect her. It's another thing men do. Women do it too. We keep things from our spouse to try to protect them. You never keep anything from your spouse. You never do that because they always find out. Always. It might be 20 years from now. Then they find out and you get mad. I mean, they get mad at you. And then all that trust you've built up for 20 years is ruined. Okay? This is why you have to be an open book with your wife. Be an open book with your with your husband. That is the, but remember, this is the only person you are an open book with. It's called Vulnerability. You cannot build an awesome, great, you know, life-giving, holy marriage without vulnerability. You have to have something on the line, and that means we don't have our phone. We don't we don't go out and do secret things with our with our with our um, do secret things with other people. We don't go out and, and rape the bank account without telling our telling our husband or our wife that we're taking out money. You know, this stuff is trusting. We've, if you have a problem, you talk to your spouse about it. You become an open book. And a lot of people don't believe in that. And they have crappy marriages, too. And if they don't have crappy marriages, it ain't good. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it's, it's a mediocre. And it's on its way out. Okay? So let her decide what she does and does not want to hear. That's another thing. Like, uh, people try to protect um, their spouse, or we'll, we'll just talk about, you know, to protect their wife. People try to protect their wife from all this bad stuff that happened at work, or that happened, whatever. But this is what you're married for. You're married for so that you can go to your wife, and you can have a conversation about things that are not pleasant, or things that are great. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a medium, and then you let your wife decide what she wants to hear. Like, say you're a police officer and you saw some murder photos today and you start talking about how the man's blood, his brain was all over the place and, and the test is all on the ground. Oh, your wife goes, wait a minute, man, I got to know all that. (laughs) Right. That's what I mean. You know, let her decide how much she wants to hear. Do not hold anything from your wife because your wife is, is, is the heart of your home. She wants to know about what you went through during the day. That's how you involve her in your life. You must do these things as it builds trust and confidence in your love for her. She deserves to know everything about you as she is your wife and has bodily rights over you as you have over her. Remember, when you are married before God, you have bodily rights over each other. What that means is contractually by God, you are married, you are one flesh, you are one your wife, your, your mind, your heart, your body, your thoughts belong to your husband, your mind, your body, your thoughts, everything that you have belongs to your wife. And what we've done over the last hundred years is allow this crazy government. This is why you don't involve big daddy government in your life, because now used to be nobody got divorced. And if it, if it was, it was so rare uh, but now everybody gets divorced. And look at the family. You see? Because people don't understand their faith. They don't understand why you're even married. They don't even understand that he belongs to me and she belongs to him. Okay? If people thought more like that, they would. The thing about it is, people just don't treat each other right because everybody is what? The big selfish word. And when we're selfish, that just creates this big wall in between us, okay? And keeping secrets never works in the end and distrust begins to erode away your marriage. Number eight. Number eight. Positive and negative conversation. So, what is a positive-negative conversation? It A positive-negative conversation helps you not to take a bad day personal. Uh, personally. Um, it helps you know when something is wrong with your wife. So, A positive, negative, a negative um, conversation is what I call when you come home, your wife's been there all day and you go, well, how was the day? Get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. Blah, blah, blah. You go, "Okay, um, is there anything I could do to help? No, I don't want to talk to you right now. Blah, blah, blah. So instead of going through this big old argument, and getting frustrated, what you just do, you just go, OK, well, I'll just talk to you later. And you go on do your business. OK, you don't try to solve that kind of problem right now, the way she's talking to you, and all that stuff, because what that'll do is just cause a big argument. So that's called. the the negative side of the conversation. The positive side is, let's say you come home, you've been working all day, you walk in, your wife is cooking or whatever, and you say, hey, babe, how was the day? Oh, man, I had a a great day at work. The kids were good. You know, we're having this great thing for dinner. And, you know, I was at work and and I got promoted. And she starts telling you all this great stuff. And and you're having a great conversation. You're just sitting there and you're listening. That's the positive side. So that's how you build a connection. You you don't really try to force your wife to talk and open up when she doesn't want to give her time and then maybe approach it later. That really helps. That stops you from getting mad and that stops her from really getting mad at you. Cause right now she's really not, not, maybe she may not be mad at you, but she's mad at something else that's happened and you're just the easy target. Okay. Number nine, intimacy outside the bedroom of how to build a, uh, Great emotional closeness with your wife is number nine, intimacy outside the bedroom. So intimacy outside the bedroom is what? Great conversation. It builds closeness and it helps maintain emotional connection. Intimacy outside the bedroom is you do everything you can to prepare your wife for your lovemaking inside the bedroom. So what does that mean? Because dudes, we have this bad habit of, well, I want to make love. Let's go. And then your wife is like, whoa, Kimasabi, hold on, brother. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes that works, but most times it doesn't. And so you as a man, your wife wants to be one every day. She remember how I said earlier, you're you are the pursuit word and she is the pursue So she wants to be chased. She wants you to chase her. And sh- most wives, when they love you, they want you to catch them, right? But that also means that you have to prepare for that. You know, you have to buy her gifts and you have to, you know, do flowers and do loving things for her. Like, you know, do things, the small things, do things you don't have to do to show that you love her. You know, listen to her, uh, you know, try to go out and, you know, go to mass together, pray together. All of these things build intimacy. And of course, there's tons of things more. But these things build intimacy outside the bedroom so that your wife, what? she starts to feel close with you and once your wife feels close with you the ball game is on all right that's how you gotta look at it if you neglect this is why one of the gifts in the holy lover program is you know intimacy outside the bedroom is just as important as intimacy inside the bedroom Okay, if you're not having the kind of sex you want or the kind of intimacy you want inside the bedroom, then look at your intimacy outside the bedroom. I guarantee you that has a lot that has a lot to do with it. Okay, and have a conversation with your wife about it. Number 10, nightly bonding conversation. The nightly bonding conversation is what I is what I say when, you know, let's say you are you have a wife or you as a husband, you own business trips all the time and you're gone a lot, or, you know, your wife works, and you work, and you hardly see, just think about, you hardly see each other, just think about it, you know, you both get up at six o'clock in the morning, you might eat breakfast, you say hello, you kiss each other, then you go to work, and you're gone till mm, six, seven, eight o'clock at night, sometimes, that's 12 hours, then you come home, you eat, and then you go to bed, and do it all over again, okay, this is a recipe for disaster. So the bonding conversation is what you do to reconnect every single day with your wife. So what does that mean? Like, um, you, every night you come home, you guys, if your wife's cooking dinner or, what, or if you're eating dinner together, whatever you're doing, you spend 30 minutes to an hour telling each other in great detail about your day. What you went through, who you saw, what you did, when you laughed, when you cried. Why? Because that involves your spouse in your life. You reconnect every night. But what do most people do? They come home, they eat dinner. They might say a little something. Most people don't even eat together anymore. So you might eat some McDonald's or something. You got the kids all around, you let, we, and then we let the kids control the house. So well, we can't talk to the kids go to bed. We can't talk to the kids, do this. We can't have sex to the kids do this. One thing I can say about my wife, man, she never let my kids control nothing. If if we want to, we if I want a time with her, we made time together. If I want to make love or she want to make love, we want to go make love. The kids, the kids, that's why you train your kids to be self-sufficient. You people who can't leave your kids alone for 30 minutes without the kids getting into something, that's a parental problem, not a kid problem. You know, um, and and this is why you never let kids control the environment because you never you get so frustrated and are we're anxious all the time as parents, right? We can't do nothing, we can't go to the bathroom because we got a kid in the bathroom with us. <laughs> okay, so listen, so this is why the nightly bonding conversation is important. So And if you and your wife are having a nightly bonding conversation and the kids walk up and want to talk, involve the kids in the conversation, too. Then they'll walk away and then you keep going. It's important that you and your wife reconnect every single day. If you don't, you will start to grow apart, which which basically means what your emotional closeness that is so valuable to your wife leaves. Number 11 of ways to build emotional closeness with your woman is date night. People think people take date night for granted. Well, that's because they don't understand emotional connection. Um, Date night is a way that you do what is you reconnect every week with more time together, right? So weekly bonding that helps helps maintain closeness. Um, You have fun and excitement and do these things together, and you build memories together. Okay, date night is important. I got women right now that won't even go on a date night with their husband. Their husband is trying his best to save the marriage. He's trying his best to do what he do what he needs to do. He's trying to improve, and she won't even entertain the idea of going on a date night to try to even to become friends again. This is complete and utter selfishness. You say you love your children. You say you even, even if you love yourself, you know, if you love your kids, you try to make a marriage work with your husband. When he has, when he is trying to fix himself, now, I'm not saying you try to make the marriage work when he's still being a lughead or bumping a log or he's still yelling at you and not showing you attention and he's he's still arguing, and fight with you. I'm not talking about those kind of husbands. I'm talking about a man who is trying his best to help you see that he loves you and he's doing, and he's showing you with his actions that he really cares and he's trying. Those men deserve a date night. They deserve they deserve to try to at least get the friendship back to see if we can start to rebuild our marriage, create a new marriage. And that's what date night is about. Once a week, you and your wife. Which date night can last anywhere from two to four hours. Most of the time it's like a couple of hours. Where you and your wife go out to a restaurant that you both that you both like or, you know, you, you you can exchange. We go out here this week and we do what you want to do next week. Don't make that a complicated thing. And then you and your wife go out and you have a good time. And just being in, in, in a good environment, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, an exciting environment with an, a, a restaurant. And you guys have conversations and you talk. Me and my wife, we go out every single Friday. And I was the one that started saying, let's do that. You know, and she loves it. Right. Um, last week, we went to go see one of my favorite guitarists at the jazz kitchen. It's smooth, smooth jazz. Uh, Peter White. My wife loved it more than I did. <laughs> and she's not a smooth jazz person. So what I'm saying is you when you have a spouse that is really trying to, to be curious about you and to learn you and to want to, and to want to do things for you and to reconnect with you. You try, you help them, you help them. Okay. Next, the last one, the marital embrace. Number 12 is the bonus marital embrace. So the marital embrace given to you by God to naturally build and maintain an emotional closeness with each other, involve him in your intimacy and the love and caring will increase Never forget it takes 3 to make love. The marriage embrace—that that is that is very simple. That is a very easy one. It's not easy to do, but it's easy to understand. One of the reasons the marriage was even created is for unity of unity of the spouses. And so this is why I try my best to, to to get across to men that they become adequate at intimacy inside the bedroom so that their wife wants to make love to them and she has a good time. He has a good time. And so what do we do? That builds a connection. That builds more of a closeness with us that is very hard to break by any other person. This is why confidence is important for a man. You have to, as a man, you've got to get yourself together in all of these areas so that you have confidence that your wife is not going to be messing around on you or or giving her attention to other things that that, she should be giving her attention to you. Okay. It's a confidence thing. All right. So that's it. That's the 12. And so what we're going to do, we're going to bring it all together here real quick, which means what? So for your wife, developing and maintaining an emotional closeness throughout your marriage is vital. It is easy in the beginning, right? When you are dating and courting and deciding if marriage is for you. But once married and the pressures of the day today set in this uh in this vital part of marriage seems to slip away. And that's that's another thing that once we get before marriage, it's easy to remain emo, emotional close, emotionally close, because each spouse, each the boyfriend and the girlfriend are really in tune with everything that that with each other is talking about, what they're doing, what they're what, what, what they're going through. Um, they're really sensitive to all every emotion. And so, building, you know, they don't know much about each other. So they 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 they're, they're curious. And so naturally, that attraction it builds to dating longer, and then getting married. But once we get married, we think we know everything about each other, especially men. And then that's when the the it starts to slip away. The emotional connection starts to slip away, and our wives are usually the first ones to um, to notice this. As husbands, we we can never allow this. We can never allow. The emotional closeness to leave our marriage. Our marriage and family depends on that. For this reason, a strong relationship with our Lord is vital. The grace he instills in our marriage, if we maintain a relationship with him, keeps things full of blessings. Many husbands neglect the effects of the Holy Spirit in their home, and so God allows things to wither away. Again, as a husband, if you don't protect and fit, defend your home by engaging with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ, then what will happen is they will just uh, leave your home. They will leave your home and allow the demonic to enter your home. And what will happen is your home will become full of chaos and lack of peace. Okay. Your prayer, your suffering, um, And please to God to protect your marriage daily are what keeps the Holy Spirit present and effective in your marriage. Once you sense these things in your marriage are going downhill, don't wait for the crash to happen. Okay? Don't do that. Okay? Take care of problems before they happen. Be in tune with what's going on in your home. Okay? This is the key to everything be proactive and do your best to get things back on track. Nip it in the bud before it becomes a problem. Rely on God. Betru- um, rely on God before trouble begins and after trouble starts. This will serve you well. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit savemycatholicmarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free yes within 30 days learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you visit save and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience visit save my catholic for superior coaching for your marriage again save my catholic that's All right, all right. I am back. We are back. So we are together once again. Um, so I'm before we close out today, I'm gonna, you know, I wanna, you know, slam this home one final time and just go over the 12 real quick and list them to help these kind of remain in your mind. Okay, so Understanding the all-important emotional closeness with your wife, how to maintain it. These are some things that you can do and focus on in your marriage to help you maintain emotional closeness or to try to get it back. Number one was prayer. Number two, maintain great communication. Number three, no, well, number oh, oh, number two, no, basically great communication means no arguing, bickering, or fighting. Okay. Number three, listening without interrupting. Number four, humility. Number five, become best friends. Number six, show her never-ending appreciation. Number seven, allow her to nurture you. Number eight, the positive-negative conversation. Number nine, intimacy outside the bedroom. Number 10, the nightly bonding conversation. Number 11, date night. Number 12, the marital embrace. So that is what we have. I hope you got something out of that. Um, if you have any questions, you can always, um, on, tomorrow, on the next tomorrow show, you can always um, come in and ask a question in, on a phone call, and I will pick you up and answer. With that being said, we are done for today. And as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict Sixteenth, which states, society offers you comfort. But you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL.